I'm Andrea. And I'm Claudia. And you're listening to season two of the Judgy Crime Girls. Season two. Gosh. Just in time for Halloween. We're moving up. Moving up in the world. Yes. Just in time for Halloween. Oh my gosh. We had uh, Halloween at work today. So we all dressed up more or less. And if there's one guy on this planet that I'm terrified of, it's Michael Myers, Mm -hmm. who, I mean, that's what Alex decided to dress up as. (laughs) Come on. Oh, I know. But yeah, it was fun. It was fun. He looks super adorable. Claudia went as a sad looking comic book character, Mm -hmm. and she has an amazing red wig. It's to die for. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like straight from a comic book. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I have tears coming from my eyes. Always. She always has tears. Monday through Friday. (laughs) She's like, this desk, it's uncomfortable. I need to be on the beach. I'm a little bit of a whiner. A little bit high maintenance, I guess. (laughs) Maybe. Nah. Nah, not really. Nah. I'm not at all. But yeah, it was fun. You look super cute. Thanks. I'm very pink today. Mm-hmm. Very pinkish and old ladyish looking. It's No, she's not a hubba bubba gum. Piece no. of gum. No. No, it's super cute. I love it. And I love your antlers the best. Thanks. They make me feel about eight feet tall Mm -hmm. when I wear them. They make you look eight feet tall. Yeah, I love those. Those are so pretty. Oh my God, at Christmas I could hang like little uh, ornaments all over them. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. That'd be cute. So what you got going on this weekend? Halloween is in a couple days. Well, we're going to trick-or-treat probably... Rain, snow, sleep, shine, it won't matter. <laughs> we're going to ring your doorbell and we're going to say mm-hmm. trick or treat. Yeah, my light will be off. <laughs> we wouldn't come to your house anyway. I know. Because Alex will most likely be sitting out front. Uh, and I, He would if I made him. <laughs> I would probably run away screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Halloween, Halloween. So fun. <laughs> we are going to the Adams Family play tomorrow. My friend Belinda has a small part in it. So we're going to go see her. That is so cute. Yeah. Does she listen to the podcast? I don't think so. Oh, that's okay. Give her a shout out. Next week, I will report. It's um, You can go see it on two only two weekends. So today and tomorrow, mm-hmm. and then next week, Friday and Saturday. And then, yeah, Saturday is the last day. That's November 6th. And so, what role does she play? I don't remember, she said, but I don't know. Yeah. It's like a small part, she said. Cool. Very, it, very yeah, cool still. Looking forward to it. Yeah, she's been practicing for weeks and singing at home, and her husband had to fend for himself. <laughs> mm. Well, I I do love theater, and my next murder 
mm-hmm. which won't be for a few more episodes, but will, I've already decided, will be, I don't know if you guys have seen the play Chicago, mm-hmm. but there is a true, you know, it's based on a real murder story. And I love Chicago. Mm-hmm. I love jazz. And um, that story is near and dear to my heart. Little did I know that actual murder happened behind it. So I'm definitely covering yeah, that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So Claudia is not as much into the, you know, jazz yeah. as me, I think. No, no that's not, not right. really. Theater. I, I do like theater. I love musicals. I love Broadway shows, but I cannot do movies where they sing a lot. Yeah. Like Grease, never watch the entire movie. Cannot watch it. Half the Disney movies, cannot watch them. <laughs> I loved, um, what? Oh, I loved The Greatest Showman. And it's nothing but song. Yeah, it's nothing but song. For that reason. Right, right. However, I've been telling everyone, and I will tell you too, if you have not watched Squid Game yet, you need to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it was so good. If you watched it, let me know what you, what you think of it. Well, I am in like episode seven, I think, of you. Mm hmm. Um, the newest season of you on Netflix. And I really, really like it a lot. Nice. Um, it's held my attention. It's a little far-fetched um, how quickly people mm-hmm. are getting killed left and right, kind of. But right. uh, it's super funny, especially with this baby involved. I'm like, come on, Joe. <laughs> Baby needs a bottle to stay quiet while you stalk people, okay? You cannot. It's it's funny. Okay. I have not watched it yet because I have a couple other shows, and I need a whole day to myself to watch it because I will watch it start to finish. Yeah. I will binge. So I have it in my list. In your queue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then um, tonight, I am going to watch the last two episodes of um, Only Murders in the Building. I need to wrap that up. And then up. I'm done, because uh, the final episode was just this past Tuesday. It's all done. It's all done. Are they going to do another season? I have no idea, but I'm about to cancel Hulu <laughs> as soon as I watch them. <laughs> I do not like Hulu. I do not like it. Uh, it's okay. My kids love it. Um, you know, what keeps popping up on my feed is Discovery Plus. They mm-hmm. always have the best content. Mm-hmm. And I I always cancel it, and then I always go back. Yeah. So. Um, well, I will have to check it out under your login. <laughs> <laughs> So if if you get an email, someone from this location <laughs> has signed in. If this is not you, let us know. Just don't let them know. I'm just it's gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna approve it. I'll be like, oh, there's Claudia again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. I'll tell you what. So we were talking this past week, real fast, about the family that 
went hitchhiking and, Mm -hmm. and, um, I think we, we had mentioned it before. So we wanted to do an update because the autopsy results came back Mm -hmm. and said that they all had died of heat exhaustion. Fake. Including the dog. Fake. And we came here to tell you that we're not buying it. I'm not. We're not buying it. Mm -mm. No. There's no way that all of them died at the same exact time in the same exact spot due to heat exhaustion. Exactly. If one parent with the child was struggling, the Mm -hmm. other one would have went to get help. Right. Doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. What I really would like to know is um, how much... uh, water was left in their camelback because it was an 85 ounce uh camelback Mm -hmm. and i'd like to know how much water was left in there yeah because there was enough for authorities to test it Mm -hmm. to make sure it wasn't tainted in any way right so there was water in there right so we want to know how much Mm -hmm. but anyway we'll probably never know but that was the final Mm-hmm. autopsy that's what it revealed yeah any other updates well we have you know earlier this year we talked about alexis sharkey and we talked about it but i had no idea until i looked it up and you mentioned it yesterday um you know the, the she was uh, found dead kind of in the ditch last year right after thanksgiving in mm-hmm. 2020 and um her husband was a suspect, finally, uh, but he went to Florida, so they had uh, a fugitive task force, and they tracked him down in the Fort Myers area. Anyway, they went to talk to him, and he shot himself in the head, but he swore his innocence. Mm-hmm. He didn't do it. I'm sure he didn't. So, Yeah. And then, you know, uh, there is uh, Brian Laundrie, who they say was found, which, ugh, don't get me started on that one. No. Who knows? I want to know what that notebook said mm-hmm. that he left behind. It's kind of amazing, though, that it that they could still read it. Everything was underwater. Maybe there were those indentations at... Uh, from you know when you press a pen hard enough but yeah if it's underwater that's just so crazy Mm -hmm. but hey listen um on friday october 15th on discovery plus new episodes a new docuseries is coming out um about andrea nabel she was a louisville mother uh, that mysteriously disappeared. And I always love a new docuseries. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I just wanted to mention it. Um, but today. Yes. We're going trick-or-treating. Okay. So two things I'm bringing you. Great hair <laughs> and, and trick-or-treating. All right. Which, I'm which, ready. <laughs> all right. So this isn't going to be terribly long. Um but it was Halloween mm-hmm. in 1957 um, in L.A. Hairstylist Peter Fabiano, he walks down the stairs of his valley home to greet 
a late night trick-or-treater. And I got to give him props because it was late. It was around 11 o'clock. Oh my God. There's no way. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, no, go away. Yeah. Um, and Peter had already gotten into bed with his wife, Betty, for the night. And I don't know about you, but it, when I'm done, I'm done. I'm like, yeah. I am not getting up. Uh-uh. Not hey, even baby. for a crotch goblin. Mm-mm. Like, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Nope. So he gets up with his candy, um, and he answers the door. And a second later, Betty hears some talking. She hears a loud bang, tires screeching away. <gasps> and it woke up her daughter, Judy, as well, upstairs that was home. And she, you know, she's scared to death, right? She's startled. Uh, Betty runs down the stairs to something more horrifying than any any nightmare you could envision on mm-hmm. Halloween. And at the front door, she finds her husband sprawled out on the floor, unconscious. Blood is pouring out of his chest. And um, Judy doesn't know what to do. She runs to the neighbor's house. So who, he was shot? He was shot. And... Um, she runs to the neighbor's house and who was a police officer and Peter ends up dying on the way to the hospital and the cause of death was a 38 caliber bullet lodged beneath his heart. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, wow. I know. So, but there, there was a witness. Um, it was a teenager a nearby saw the car speeding away from the neighborhood. There were no gun shells left at the scene and nothing had been taken from the house. So no one could find a motive really for what newspapers were calling the trick or treat murder. Oh. And it appeared his murder might have been gang related. Um but Peter he was a former Marine with a pretty clean record. Mm-hmm. He had a bookmaking marking charge on his record. That's about it. Um, and it was a long time ago. He had been clean ever since. Police were digging. They never found any connection mm-hmm. um, to that. So he was a bookie? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Okay. He was a bookie. But, well, I mean, he only had one charge mm-hmm. of that, and it was a long time ago. So, um, he owned a couple of really well-known LA salons, um, and they were very comfortable in their domestic life Mm -hmm. and not just any hair, great Fabiano hair. Mm, That sounds like somebody I need to see. The kind of hair. Fabiano. Then even after death, it's like you lay down on the floor and it's still. Fabiano. It's. Do my hair. It's still just like intact. And you have to look at this picture of him because. I mean, look at this hair. It looks like it wouldn't even move if you tried, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, she was pretty. Was yeah. that his wife? Yeah, that's Betty. And her hair looks like it also doesn't move. That's what I want. No, you that's don't. That's the kind of hair. Yes. 
hair that little, doesn't move. A little bit like Elvis. <laughs> just, a, just a little bit. He was cute. He was handsome, yeah. right? Well, Peter and Betty, you know, they had met in the 40s when Betty was already divorced from her first husband, and she was a single mother of two. The pair began their marriage in New York and had moved to L.A. the year prior to Peter's death, so they hadn't been there long. So the fact that their salons were doing so well in such a short amount of time, I was pretty impressed. I mean, Mm -hmm. look at that hair. Right. Um, When Betty told the police her account of Halloween night, she explained that she thought there were two people at the front door, two men with one pretending to be a woman. And when asked if Peter had any enemies, she gave them one name, Joan Rabel. Oh my gosh, she threw somebody under the bus straight away. She did. So why Joan Rabel? Joan Rabel, she was a divorced 40-year-old freelance writer and photographer, kind of a free spirit, who had briefly worked in one of Fabiano's salons. Oh. Well, she told police the Fabianos were two of her closest friends. Mm-hmm. Well, she was only telling half a lie. Uh, Joan and Betty became really great friends, and she was welcomed into their family. But as Joan and Betty's friendship grew, it seemed the marriage that Betty had with Peter was falling apart. In fact, it was so bad that they had decided to separate. (gasps) But they were sleeping in the same bed. Well, but it was the 50s. They probably each had their own twin bed. (laughs) This was was prior to death. So Betty, naturally, at that time, chose to move in with Joan You know, she was a great support to her, but Betty and Joan started enjoying each other in the most intimate of ways, and this did not sit well with her husband. No, I mean, you said that Betty said their marriage was falling apart, but on Halloween night, they were in bed together. They got back together. So this is like before. So this is, you know, they were in LA for like a year before Peter died, so... You know, it's kind of a weird... I'm breaking up with you. Just kidding. Um, I'll take you back. Exactly. So, Peter was very threatened by the closeness of the two women, and the LA Times described the pair's relationship as abnormal, which in the 50s was code for homosexual. Oh. And at the time, I didn't know this, but it was illegal in California. Mm -hmm. Not only, like, abnormal, it was illegal. So... Betty eventually decided that her marriage to Peter was worth saving and told him about the affair she had been having with Joan. Well, he takes her back, but on one condition. He didn't want her to see Joan, bring her to the house, talk to her, or anything about her ever again. Which, you know, fair, I guess. So police now had a motive, Mm -hmm. jealousy. Joan was an outsider. So, on November 16th, they arrested her. Well, she insisted she had nothing to do with the murder, that she had been at home when Fabiano was killed. And as proof, she pointed out that her car had been parked outside her door all night long. Well, in questioning some of Joan's acquaintances, detectives discovered that this was 
another lie. A friend, Margaret Barrett, said that Joan had borrowed her car. Oh! (laughs) And had driven it about 37 miles that night. Well, when confronted with this fact, Joan said that she had taken a short drive to pick up groceries. 37 miles? That's how far my Kroger is. Away. I'm kidding. So she repeats over and over that she didn't pull the trigger. And in that specific detail, she was telling the truth. Oh. With nothing more to go on, authorities had to set her free. And they continued to search the city for clues. Okay, so we're going to go back mm-hmm. prior to murder and chaos. Three years earlier, this is when Joan had met another woman. Her name was Goldine Pizer. Um, and we're going to call her Goldie. Okay. All right. So the pair became fast friends and they spent their free time together, usually drinking coffee, which is totally my jam soul sisters and gossiping as you do Mm, my favorite thing yes (laughs) so um so they had been friends for a while but especially after betty fabiano had severed all ties that was when goldie and joan became very very close now it's reported that goldie was also gay and had spent her life kind of suppressing her feelings. She had been married to Herbert Crome, um, and she was also recently divorced. So we're talking about divorcees who think all men are shit, and they've just gone to the other side at Mm -hmm. this point, right? So it was during these coffee mornings with her friend that Joan would consistently talk about Peter Fabiano, her employer, and how evil he was. But in reality, I don't know. I think maybe Joan was just heartbroken and mm-hmm. angry Betty wanted her husband back and maybe wanted revenge on on him, maybe. Mm-hmm. So Joan began to seduce Goldie and eventually convince her to kill Peter for her. So... So how'd those two meet? Well, they met like three years ago. Like, uh, I don't know. Just they met, they were drinking coffee, gossiping. It doesn't really say how they met. Mm -hmm. Um, But let me show you a picture of Joan. This is Joan Raybell. (gasps) Oh my gosh, it's Elvis. This (laughs) This is the woman that's so gorgeous that she can convince people to kill no, I'm sorry, other people. Elvis. <laughs> Literally. Joan Rabel was her name, right? Mm-hmm. And, do you um, have a picture of Goldie? I do. This is Goldie and Pice. <laughs> She's, um, well, in this picture, she looks very drunk. She was, but this is the newspaper clipping. And old? Was she a lot older? Maybe it's just the picture. She just looks tired, you guys. Tired is a nice way of saying she looks rough. Meth, meth, I don't know. Yeah. All right, guys. So, anyway, Joan gets around. And Joan is able to convince her to kill Peter for her. She keeps saying, you know, he mistreats his wife. He's dealing drugs. He's always bothering me at home. And pretty soon, this was all they talked about. 
Hour after hour, Joan would divulge details about his evil nature, his cruelty to his children. And even though Goldie had never met the man within a few months, she was certain he was a monster, much like the toxic masculinity they had both left behind, and he needed to die. That's where she was at. Wow. So, so um, they were kind of undecided whether they should use poison, a knife, or a gun, you know. And they finally decided a gun was the way to go. So on Halloween night, um, Joan decided it would be the perfect time because nobody would raise an eyebrow. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's kind of in a disguise. No big right, deal. but hearing gunshots at 11 o'clock. Yeah. They should have done it earlier. Joan even, yeah, they should have. Joan even brought Goldie to Fabiano's beauty shop a few times in October so she would know what her target looked like. Mm. And I thought that was clever. So um, Goldie said, you know, she had no motive personally. Whatever motive she had was just to please Joan. And she was always, she said, really easily influenced and very trusting. Uh-huh. Don't do that. Uh-uh. So anyway, Goldie bought a 38 Smith and Wesson from a shop in Pasadena under the guise of wanting the weapon for personal protection with money Joan had given her. And she waited. They waited outside the um, Fabiano's home on Halloween night in a car that Joan borrowed from a friend. So her car actually didn't move that night. And the night of the murder, so um, they're sitting there. And Goldie is in a costume that Joan had picked out for her. Mm-hmm. And it's not really anything too crazy. It's just a pair of jeans, a khaki jacket, a hat, red gloves, and one of those like half um, black masks mm-hmm. that kind of make oh, you look yeah, like yeah. a robber mm-hmm. or whatever, and um, some dark face paint to kind of disguise her. Anyway, they hide the gun in a paper bag, which I'm sure probably kind of was loud and crinkled mm-hmm. a lot. I would anyway. Because she had a hard time with it. Um, the gun. Because she was kind of trembling. She could barely hold it. Aww. So you know the paper was like... <laughs> right. The two women, you know, get there. They're there around 9 o'clock. And they waited for two hours. Oh, wow. Until all the lights were out. <laughs> right? So uh, Joan says, all right, go do it. Now, go do it. Go, 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 go. Right. So she puts on her mask. She walks up to the door and th- rings the doorbell twice. And he he opens the door. But the thing is, you guys, I really, how did they know that he was going to answer the door? Right. What were they going to do if it was Judy? Well, that's why I kind of, like, Betty, Betty. What it was, was her name, the wife. Then? Oh, yeah, the daughter Judy? was there. The, okay. Yeah, what if it was her and what, what, hello, is your daddy home? Right. Can you have him come down? Yeah. Maybe they didn't realize she was home. Maybe they just thought it was the two of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. So. Yeah, but, or even if Betty would have gone down, did Betty, okay, we're probably going to go get to it so i don't want to no 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 it's it's i don't want to get ahead of myself you're good i have questions it questions are always welcome (laughs) all right so 
She puts on the mask, rings the doorbell. He opens the door. She's trembling. She can barely hold this gun. And she said I had to, she had to use her left hand to hold it and the right hand to pull the trigger. And, um, her shakiness didn't matter. You know, she hit with dead on accuracy and he hits the floor. So she rushes back to the car. Joan kisses her hand and says, thank you so much. And they drop the car at a friend's house in Hollywood, leaving the khaki jacket inside. Oh, dumbasses. Amateurs. Come on. Seriously. Are you new to this podcast? <sighs> Forget you ever knew me were Joan's parting words. And on foot, they went their separate ways. Goldie cut up and burned the rest of the costume the following night. Uh, one of the two bullets was still inside. Goldie disposed of the gun, and I don't know why, but she disposed of the gun in a storage locker in an L.A. department store, mm-hmm. a branch of Bullock, and I don't know if that still exists anymore. Um, but, okay, so... The murder happens, right? And one month after the murder, I told you that this, the police were kind of combing the city for clues. Mm-hmm. Well, an interesting and anonymous tip came in that led detectives to the locker that contained the thirty-eight caliber pistol. Joan was such a bitch. Right? <laughs> you know it was her. I think it was. Mm-hmm. So... I think she, all this time, she just wanted Goldie in jail and wanted Betty back in her bed. Right. Really? Maybe. The question is, did Betty know? That question has been burning on my tongue ever since you said who was involved. Right. So anyway, they they scanned the sales records of the gun shops in the area that led to the owner, Meek and Mousy Goldine Pizer, 40. 40 years old, a laboratory technician at a Los Angeles Children's Hospital. Oh, Yeah, I know. It just seems so weird. Oh, that's kind of sad. That makes me sad now. And two weeks later, they're knocking on her door. Well, it didn't take much of a grilling to break her down. <laughs> She's like, I did it. You know, and uh, Goldie's confessing um, to pulling the trigger. But she insisted it wasn't her fault. And she said another woman had cast a spell on her and she was powerless. I mean, come on. You're not powerless. You did it. Mm-hmm. And police, of course, oh, they... She looks kind of <laughs> tiny compared to Joan. Oh my gosh, true, Maybe. true. But uh, police hauled Joan back in and arrest her. She was present, but uttered not a sound as Goldie told all. And the two women went through a number of examinations with psychiatrists as the court believed that homosexuality may have made them unfit to stand trial. <laughs> uh, too bad you can't do that nowadays. Because I'd totally be like, I'm gay. I can't. I'm totally gay. I'm I unfit. Can't. I'm unfit. <laughs> wow. Crazy. So one of the psychiatrists wrote about Goldie. Uh, the only thought she had was that she was trying to help her friend Joan from an evil person. Well, both the women 
pleaded not guilty initially. Goldie pleaded insanity and claimed she was just easily influenced. Joan refused to comment through the hearing and was reported to be stony-faced and wore a constant (laughs) strange smile in court. That always, like, creeps me out. Creeping it real. Mm Mm-hmm. On March 11th, 1958, just before their trials were to start, they cut a plea deal for second-degree murder, and they were sentenced to five years to life in prison, is what the article said. That made no sense to me. I mean, it makes sense that that's what the uh, verdict was, Mm -hmm. but actually how long they sat in there. Uh, Well, Goldie was released and stayed in Los Angeles. She died in 1998 when she was 83. In 98? Oh, wow. So there's little information about Joan, but it is assumed that she was released from prison around the same time. Betty Fabiano sold the beauty businesses. She's like, I'm out. My hair is never going to be the same. The show must go on. She died in 99 in Palm Desert, California. Wow. It's unknown if she ever had a hand in her husband's death. Okay. So, and maybe not. Or, you know, they were like, bang, 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 bang on the door. And he was like... No, it's too late. And she's like, come on. It's the last trick-or-treaters. Go open the door. (laughs) You know, maybe she did know. And maybe she didn't. Or maybe she did want it to happen and she knew about it, but she didn't know when. Well, but I mean, it was kind of... She must have known. Listen, she was like, yeah, I think I know who done it. It was a woman dressed as a man. I mean, how how does she know all that? How? That's what I want to know. Well, no, she said it sounded like a man. She could hear their voices. Okay. But, I mean, this was a woman she really cared about and lived with and slept with and was willing to put a lot on the line for, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So. And maybe Joan did it without Betty knowing. And just to prove our undying love, we can be together now. Don't you want me back? Yeah, I killed your husband. <laughs> and Betty be like, what? Thank you. Or I don't know. I don't know. I think it's interesting that um, she was able to convince someone to do it. Mm-hmm. Especially because she was in love with someone else. Clearly, she wasn't open about that fact. Okay. So, again, and I should not be talking, but if you look at Goldie... <laughs> not the most attractive lady out there. And Joan was probably showing her some mm, affection. And she probably fell in love, maybe. And she was like, oh, my God, I'd do anything for her. She's probably the only one ever interested in me. And she did it. And Joan probably totally bullied her into it. That's what I'm thinking. Because she looked tiny, Goldie. Goldie looked little. Like, yeah. Well, she's you know. like, yeah, please do this so that I can be with... Well, I just think it's weird that she kept saying how evil this guy is mm-hmm. and how he does drugs. Now he's mean to his children and this and that. Where is all this coming to from? 
to justify, mm-hmm. you know, killing him. He's a bad person, even though he maybe was not. But, you know, Goldie probably maybe came from an abusive relationship and Joan used that against her. Yeah. Well, and they were kind of really good friends. So, like, mm-hmm. if you tell me, if you're like, hey, hey, listen, so-and-so, not good. Right. I'd be like, yeah. We That's don't like awesome. them. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm with you. Yeah. Guys, um, speaking of sad love stories, Adele came out with her new single <laughs> after many years of silence. And we just want to say, it's not what we thought it would be. No. We still love you, Adele. We do love you. And you look fabulous, and by the amazing. way. Amazing. And she looked amazing before, but she always amazing. Beautiful. But you know, after all these years, I just expected, mm, and not, mm. and it's a beautiful song. Don't get me wrong. I just expected more. Yeah. Like, like the Titanic of songs. Yeah. That's what we want. Speaking of songs. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. See how my brain just jumps. <laughs> Claudia did amazing at her wedding. She DJ'd. If oh, yeah. You, if you're interested in a DJ, hit us up, judgycrimegirls at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Ach, the bride was so pretty. What a beautiful, beautiful girl. Oh, that was... Everything was gorgeous at that wedding. Congratulations, Miranda. (laughs) I hope she's listening. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Well, I did kind of tell her, I'm sorry, I have a true crime podcast I'm working on. Sorry for my late reply. And I truly was working. I think we were recording, actually. So... Yeah. I totally slid that in there. And then I'm like, look us up, judgy crime girls. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Yes, thank you. We really love it. Real quick, don't forget to give us five stars, a five-star rating um, on Apple Podcast. It does help us out a lot. Uh, So we have a lot of late nights coming up. If you'd like to buy us a coffee, you can do that. uh, Buymeacoffee.com slash Judgy Crime Girls. Yeah. Look at me go. (laughs) I don't need you. The whole time I'm rattling it off, I'm looking at her and she's like nodding her head. (laughs) You're doing good, baby. Doing good, baby girl. Doing good. Keep going. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yay. <laughs> yay, me. <laughs> oh, I love you so much. You guys, um, don't go to the door if it's 11 o'clock no. on Halloween mm-hmm. night. Just lock the door. Go back to bed. Make sure your ring doorbell is on. Be a shut-in like me. Ring doorbell. Shoot. If I'm home, I just like peek through the blinds like... <laughs> They're open and I'm like all like creeping and lurking around the neighborhood. (laughs) Oh man. All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye.